This is Mastering Menopause. By using fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset, you can master your hormones and get your body back. I'm Kathy Cote with Catalyst Fitness and Nutrition. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Mastering Menopause. I'd like to introduce a um, friend that I have been following on Instagram for a while now. You have to go check out her Instagram. Um, her name is Aditi. And um, Aditi, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Great. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kathy, to your uh, podcast. Uh, so I'm Aditi Guha. I am a PCOS nutritionist, and I actually help women with PCOS gain control of their symptoms and then lose that weight. Uh, so this is basically my forte, my gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, what, you, what is the biggest challenge? I mean, PCOS in itself is the challenge, but... Um, how do you work women through that? Yeah, so basically what I end up doing is what is known as the root cause analysis. Uh, so every the PCO, what makes PCOS really unique is that uh, there could be different types of reason that is actually uh, worsening the symptoms. And typically there could be inflammation, insulin resistance, adrenal fatigue, uh, underactive thyroid or other hormonal issues, even gut health for that matter. So it's very important to then understand which of them are dominant. 95% women with PCOS actually have more than one root cause. So that's what makes it really unique. So it can't be like, oh, I know this. And so I'm going to use this template on everyone. It doesn't work like that because it's so unique. So how do you determine the root causes? So there are lab tests that are there in place. So for insulin resistance, there are a host of them, even for inflammation. Uh, what we also do, uh, what I also do is track symptoms, basically ask the audience, uh, ask the client uh, to basically talk about their symptoms that they are having, they are, they are feeling. So for example, craving. Craving is a very big symptom. Uh, but when does the craving strike is something that you can actually analyze and figure out what could be the root cause. Just to, it's a very simple example. Usually they will have more than that. So I roughly track 36 different symptoms on a biweekly basis. Uh, and then we kind of have this, what I tell my clients is that we are working like Sherlock Holmes and Watson and we're solving for this. So we collect clues and the clues are your symptoms. So that's how I go about it. So it's a combination of what they are feeling in terms of the symptoms plus the lab results. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty intense. <laughs> what, um, so you talked about like cravings that do you track like certain times cravings or like certain foods or, or both? Both. It can be both. So for example, uh, in a lot of, I mean, this is just an example. So it's still, there could be always an exception to it and there are many layers to it, but just to simplify it for you, a craving at 9 a.m., for instance, could be a factor of fatigue, like they didn't sleep really well, which is really, really common because in some stages of PCOS, we see that women develop even sleep apnea. 
insomnia is very, very common. So if a person has been fatigued, that's they didn't get the adequate sleep, sometimes a craving at 9 a.m. could explain that. Between 4 and 6 p.m. is a very common window for craving, which usually is because of the insulin resistance. There is this, some crash that they had, you know, they had lunch and then there is some sort of crash that is happening from a sugar, a blood sugar balance and in the night. So sometimes it is habit. I'm not saying that it can't be a conditioning that you have always had this craving you always eat something sweet after a meal. But in many cases, when we have solved for the root cause in terms of the insulin resistance or or, uh, inflammation or adrenal fatigue, we've seen that the craving has dropped dramatically. So even they are surprised that they don't feel it. So that is a big aha moment. Yeah, definitely. For sure. (laughs) I would say Um, that's excellent. What about like, um, I know like certain, you know, salt cravings or sugar cravings tend to be like a uh, mineral imbalance. Yes. So uh, uh, that's a good point. A lot of women with PCOS anyway have a lot of deficiency. They could have deficiency in vitamin D3, which is very, very common. Vitamin B12, um, then zinc, um, copper. So many mineral deficiencies are there. Now we don't know what caused what. A lot about PCOS is also completely not like we don't know every we don't have all the answers. So is it the PCOS causing um, deficiency or is it just nutrition absorption is limited? So invariably, we do give them supplements when they start working, uh, recommend uh, over the counter supplements. Uh, So zinc, vitamin D3, something that even when we do the tests, we actually recommend, I actually recommend that you definitely check your vitamin D3 levels, your B12 levels, and then see that whether it is um, normal or not, and therefore definitely work towards that. Right. Um, Do you have like, do you have your own system? Like, because I know like normal ranges aren't necessarily optimal ranges. Do you have like your... No, no, no. I go with whatever is the normal range because so far I have seen the normal range being very helpful in itself. Like if there is deficiency in the normal range, uh, I don't really go ahead and I don't I don't generally do that. Um, but yes, for instance, like insulin resistance, like a lot of pe- women with PCOS will tell you, I don't have blood sugar issue. So what they are doing is that they're testing at fasting. And that necessarily is not a good indicator. A good indicator for blood sugar for a lot of women with PCOS could be after eating two hours, which is the PP test, they say, that is a good indicator. The HbAIC is a good uh, indicator. The oral glucose, glucose test is a better indicator. So it's also about uh, understanding what kind of tests will work for them right. than uh, the standard tests. So you must have like a testing protocol because you wouldn't test for everything, right? You have, I'm sure that's based off of your intake form, which <laughs> I'm sure. Right. So yeah, actually, in fact, a lot of women who are PCOS aware, they come in fully prepared. Like they have done these tests. They have been checking it like every three months, three weeks, three months. And one of the reasons is that a lot of, no, I wouldn't say all, but quite a lot of percentage of women with PCOS uh, come to me also because they want to get pregnant. And as a result of which they have a lot of reports done. So we do uh, look into that and that protocol is defined, but um, yeah. So if they haven't done it and it's very old then I get them tested and many of them are just even basic tests because uh, women with PCOS also are at risk for many other issues uh, like cholesterol, high blood pressure. 
So it's a, you have to kind of test for those things, which may not be something that a person actively thinks of. Right. It's not on their radar. They're just, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I just want to, or I just want to <laughs> lose this weight. Right. Yeah. 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 So in the process of, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's a process, right. To get to uncover things. What are the things that you recommend that seem to be the biggest rocks that people could easily do for themselves to start? First of all, uh, don't compare your journey with another. And I'm telling this uh, not from a generic thing, but you have to understand you're very unique. So the biggest, I think, heartbreak that a lot of women with PCOS have, uh, that they experience is that they see someone else's journey and like, I am not eating. I'm exactly following her stuff. Why am I not losing? You have to understand that you have a unique system and you need to work for that. That's very important. The second is, of course, get curious about the symptoms. So the prop, the, the challenge that happens with a lot of PCOS symptoms, it sounds a bit like behavioral problem. You know, for example, feeling irritable. Now, you may think that you are an irritable person, but you're not. It's a symptom. For yeah. example, like a lot of people come to me convinced that they are a glutton. They will say things like, oh, I have an eating problem. But I'm like, no, you don't have an eating problem. You have a craving problem. So right. what if you th- whatever you think of yourself was a symptom. And I think that's a mindset that is extremely important. Because when you know what you're solving for, it's easier to solve it. Or even get that kind of guidance that you require. Because otherwise you end up going and thinking that, oh, I have a willpower issue. I just give in. But you have to understand why you give in. That's not the issue. So the root cause is a big thing. Third is not to um, eat very less. So a lot of them also, um, and it's a, it's not actually their fault, uh, but they have been told to lose weight. And the unfortunate thing is that PCOS causes weight gain. So it's a bit weird that their advice to them <laughs> is that lose weight. So I understand where that creates a lot of issue. But again, eating less, working on more, it doesn't work a lot. It doesn't work very well for them. So definitely start including all macros. So look at your plate. And I think this is something which is also good for even non-PCOS audience, I believe. But look at your plate and say that, can I tell that there is protein, there is good fat, there is carbs, and there is fiber in it. That's like a good starting point. Um, And not skipping your meals, for instance. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of, and you know, it gives a lot of good results to non-PCOS audience. So like intermittent fasting, for instance, has picked up in, um, you know, momentum over a period of time. And I understand it works, but in some cases with women with PCOS, for instance, it can cause a lot of problem. Like in the sense, it might lead to missing periods. It might lead to more stress. It might lead to not losing weight. So stuff like that. Right. <laughs> I know there's a lot of things that I think we pursue as women to, to lose weight. Right. Cause that's like the driving factor yeah. in on health, which if we did that a little bit more then then we could definitely not have to focus so much because then it would come. Right. <laughs> I actually liked one of the reels you had put out, which was about your husband where you were working out and you did so much and your husband didn't do much and he he got a six pack, something like that, right? Yeah. And that's also one of those other things that the comparison becomes very frustrating if the comparison is with someone 
forget uh, not even having PCOS, but is just doesn't even have the other hormonal issues that even our normal women have, other women have, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that happens a lot with my clients or they're, um, cause I don't train. They say, well, could you please do, um, you know, I want my, to work my husband in with this too. And I'm like, you know, I prefer to work with women cause, um, well, I'm not going to say why I, <laughs> to train men, right? I'm not going to say it, but I, but I prefer to work with women and, and it set, what always happens is like, well, you know, he's going to do this with me. And I'm like, ah, you know, cause I know, right. He just changes one thing or two things and he loses 10 pounds and she's sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this happened to me, like it's, this is very interesting because I have a client who is coming to me for PCOS, but her husband follows her diet. Yes. yes. He's actually doing it to support and also because they can't make, she can't make so, uh, different meals. So he's eating yeah. what he's eating and he lost weight fast. <laughs> and she said something like, I don't know why I'm not losing. And she's losing weight. But I have noticed that there is this memory lapse of weight lost. <laughs> like people tend to forget that they have lost some weight, but it's almost like I have not lost today weight. And I think her husband said something like, you eating too much. <laughs> and then it was, let's not, <laughs> you can imagine what would have happened yeah. then. Not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it happens. <laughs> this is the way it goes. What about, um, what about stress? Can we talk about stress? Yes. Oh, do you, do you want to ask me something specifically about stress? What, um, um, not, nothing specific, just do you feel like this is a big, one of those underlying root causes? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the biggest, one of the biggest root causes that adrenal fatigue is actually very stress dominated. So, uh, again, like it is like this feeling where you feel it, there's a lot of anxiety. Sometimes this anxiety leads to even burnout. So what happens is that when the anxiety is really high, they are very pumped up. And then there is a burnout and then there is a feeling of fatigue. So stress becomes a big underlying uh, issue. Uh, this is both hormonal and behavioral. It's not all hormonal, by the way. So it is almost like a, one is that certain types of hormones can cause you to be stressed. Certain types of habits can make you more stressed. And some people are more sensitive to stress than others. So for example, like caffeine. Uh, caffeine, we know, has a different reaction uh, on different uh, body types. Some people have lower threshold and they will get very wired up and feel very anxious just by having certain amount of caffeine. So that is food related. Then there is the whole hormone related where you notice that um, during PMS, certain type of some sometimes some people feel more anxious than others. They feel more stress. They feel more, more, more PMS symptoms come through. But the other one is behavioral where you notice that some people have have conditioned themselves to believe that it is because of stress they are successful. They probably like to be stressed. They feel that is what makes them or they call themselves perfectionists. So this is not all hormonal, but there is a behavioral element which is conditioned by feedback loop where you've had past successes saying that. Uh, in many cases, you I have to tell them to take it easy that no, this one doesn't require that kind of hard work. Because what we have noticed is too much a workout sometimes works in 
uh, doesn't backfires for women with PCOS. It's better that they do slow workout rather than, oh, I need to like run five kilometers. There's nothing wrong in running it, but it's just that you have to figure whether your stress threshold allows for it. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a conversation that I have with a lot of my clients because they think they need to work out. So there's two things, right? They have they need to work out to lose weight. And I say, but you're just adding stress, which isn't going to help. But no, my workouts control my stress. And I'm like, no, you know, they're like trying to run off the crazy. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and you know what? Also, it's that um, those shoulds and musts always set you up for failure. And then there's a feedback loop. So for instance, people who say that I have to work out seven days a week, I must work out seven. I'm like, why? It's not even ecological. Like it's not something that you can sustain for a really long time, but three days a week is perfect. You want to go for a walk. That's fine. Do focus more on meat, the non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, but you don't have to work out. And if you are working out every day, I'm going to be questioning the quality of workout because you yeah. can't give you a hundred percent every day. I'd rather that you measure progress. So that's a, that's also a mindset. That's also a limiting belief, uh, which has, I don't know how it has come in. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't work like that. Uh, and then there would be times where they would miss and then they would feel very guilty. And then that's a, that's another cycle. It's the whole, it's all of it. Yes. <laughs> There's so much. I know. Do you do, um, and obviously you probably do a lot with the mindset as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's a big thing. In fact, I uh, I think the mindset plays such a big role that I'm also an NLP certified coach. So, yeah, neurolinguistic programming because I think there is a lot of belief system because a lot of people with PCOS were probably diagnosed at the age of 18. That's a very common time or when you you hit puberty. That is one of the most common time. And imagine to be told that you have to lose weight from that age. So it's uh, it's been going on for really long. And sometimes it's not so much about the, it's not so much about only the nutrition or the workout, but also the belief system. The Also the, the change of the identity becomes a very big thing. Yeah. 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 It's all, it's all related. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and, um, you obviously do, um, gut protocols or gut issues as well with yeah. that. So. Yes. yes. So what do you think are the biggest rocks to solve? Like to start with, right. Controlling stress. What else? I think when, when people uh, with PCOS, when women with PCOS come to me to work with, the first thing I solve for them is cravings. Because um, it is that thing which makes you feel like you're out of control. And I, you know, it's it was something that initially even I didn't understand because I don't have PCOS. So initially it's very difficult to empathize with that situation. Right. And you can uh, use protocols like, OK, don't see it, don't keep it at home. And I do suggest some sort of environment 
you know, uh, reorder, reset, so to speak. But I understand that there is that underlying thing. It's a hormonal thing that's also causing the craving. So first thing I do is just get that out of the picture. Moment they get out of that, that gets out of the picture. There is this new renewed belief. And then we start working a little bit about the mindset and intuitive eating. As far as possible, I try to keep it also intuitive. Um, because again, that gives them confidence. So it's all, it's a little bit of a control game where they need to believe that they can be in charge and the body is not running them, but they're running the body. So it is, um, uh, that's one of the things I solve for first. And then the belief system comes in, belief system actually comes in a little later in, in my uh, experience. It's because they are like, okay, all of this happened, but will it last? That's where I've seen the belief system actually spring up sometimes um, because when they're in the process of getting these symptoms, overcoming them and losing the weight, it's a high momentum. You know, there is a lot of momentum in the program and then that comes in. So, yeah, yeah, mindset, I try to kind of do in between wherever there is a blockage. But uh, but I've seen that. Yeah. First thing to stop is the craving. Yeah. That's, a, that's very interesting, actually. So I, I love that. I never thought really of that, that it is because it is a big um, issue for my clients too, like those cravings. Yeah. Excellent. Um, is there anything that you want to add on? Oh. Yeah. So basically what I, if you, if somebody who is watching this has PCOS, uh, first of all, you have to know that you are not alone. And you have to know that this, you must know that you haven't caused it. And what you have to probably understand, and it is um, a bit unfortunate that they get very incomplete diagnosis. A lot of women with PCOS would complain that all they got was just lose that weight or come back to me when you want to get pregnant or be on the pill. So I understand that that there is a very, uh, it's a very incomplete, leaves you feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do. Second thing is a lot of what you feel, experience is not you, but these are symptoms. And the best thing that I do is, and I have also is, uh, is called the root cause quiz, which basically gives you the dominant root cause. Um, and this is mainly uh, targeted at PCOS's weight loss, weight's root cause. So once you take the quiz, you basically get to know what could be a dominant uh, cause for your weight gain. And then uh, one of the things that I also um, uh, encourage people is to basically get over the mistakes that they have been making. Because unfortunately, the dieting culture has made us believe certain things. And that's uh, that's something that I ask them to uh First, unlearn, then learn what works. And generally, I have a three-step framework that I actually use and uh, with that I have used on myself as well as on my clients that gives you very um, sustainable weight loss. So it's the, the, the biggest thing with weight loss and whether it's PCOS or otherwise is that we end up losing, trying to lose that same weight again and again. Like you have that five kg, you lose, you gain, you lose. Okay. So you want to get out of that, you know, roller coaster kind of a ride and um, see what is possible. So for that, what I do is that I have actually a free masterclass as well, which will give people, you know, the three mistakes that they should stop making and what they can do instead. So, yeah. So these are the three. These are the things I would like uh, someone to know. Okay. I'm going to link all of that into the sh- um, the show notes. 
where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Give us the details. I will, I'll link this as well. Okay, great. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. My uh, Instagram ID is at the at Aditi Guha official. And yeah, so that's where that's the best place. I'm also on YouTube. It's called Aditi Guha. Um, so you can find um, the host of hormones, uh, hormonal PCOS and weight loss in uh, weight loss videos in there. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to link all of that. Um, and I highly encourage my listeners to follow her on Instagram. Um, I think you have your links to the um, quiz and the masterclass is in your bio on, on um, Instagram, but I'm still going to link those as well. And definitely check out her reels are amazing. And she puts out a ton of information. So please follow her. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank and you so much. Um, I look forward to seeing what you put out this week. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was such a pleasure to talk to and connect with someone who is working with women. Because I, I followed your, uh, I've also heard your podcast and I like the space that you're working on because it's so important. I so often um, hear women say that, oh, I'm so old, but I think you are an example of how, what people can achieve and look like at the age of 53. It's never, nobody is that old. I thought I find you very inspirational. So thank you so much. Thank you. I think old gets more, is different as you go into the different decades. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> when you it seems old, but when you're 50, like, oh, it doesn't seem so old once again. That's but when you're in your age, like appreciate where you are, right? And, and just rock it. <laughs> it's well, I, I completely agree. Like, you know, uh, because also with age, there is a little more money. <laughs> so I like that. You feel a little like less broke by the time you keep getting old. But yeah, the, I think there is no, um, before there used to be this thing, because you used to think that at 60 people retire, but now nobody even retires at 60. So it's not even that old. And yeah, you're right. Like, and like, I mean, I, I really think you're very, you're very inspirational because how many people are doing reels or think they could do reels at 53? Forget like weight loss. I think that, th that the, the ability to put yourself out there is so fantastic. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> I'd like to come on again, maybe in the fall. Sure, I would love that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Bye.